The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Hey, on the Choke Slab Wrestling Report, we're going to go through the AEW Dynamite, or Friday Night Dynamite, and we're going to go through the fallout from the AEW Double or Nothing show. We're also going to be talking about the WWE releases and why we still have wrestlers in there that they're not being used and they haven't get rid of. Why is WWE holding still wrestlers and not using them? Also, we're going to have a little talk about Dominion, which is going to happen tomorrow between Okada and Takaji for the IWGP World Heavyweight title. We have that much more on Chokeslam Wrestling Report. To another episode of the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One, and today we're going to go and do the AEW Dynamite review because there was no AEW Dynamite on Wednesday again. So they, I don't, I don't know when they're going to do Wednesdays again because of the playoffs, NBA playoffs. Now they have all this stuff going on uh, where they can only, you know, do Fridays. Um, they got a couple of Fridays going on. I think they're going to have a Saturday. They moved the Jungle Boy versus Kenny Omega match. Instead of in two weeks, they moved it to June 26. Uh, I mean, that's what I was kind of speculating. Like, okay, they announced it was going to be in two weeks, Jungle Boy versus Kenny Omega. But the NBA playoffs are still going. So when are we going to put that match at 10 o'clock on a Friday? And AEW Dynamite suffered last week kind of a little bad on the go-home show. because Not because the show sucked, because the timing. They're on at 10 o'clock. Who is up at that time on a Friday at 10 o'clock after watching maybe SmackDown from 8 to 10? I mean, looking at WWE stuff, sometimes wrestles you out. And you don't want to watch any more uh, wrestling. So they kind of fell almost... Wow, they they lost a lot of fans last week. They went under. They were like five hundred thousand, but it's the time and it's the it's a Friday. Everybody's out hanging out, so you know a little bit of a situation uh, when it came to last week. But this week they started off AEW Dynamite with a Death Triangle versus the Young Bucks. This match uh, caught me off guard. I know this match was going to happen. They tried to. I guess they they building. Uh, this feud now between the Young Bucks, uh, and now they added Eddie Kingston to the mix, uh, even Kazarian's involved, and a feud with the Elite. Um, this match, it's funny how Excalibur exclaimed that Ray Phoenix was attacked in the back earlier during the day, and that Brandon Cutler had, had filmed or videotaped it, but they never showed the videotape. And I'm going to tell you why they never showed the videotape. They never showed the videotape is because Ray Phoenix has been injured since April 26th. 
I think he got hurt wrestling in Mexico, and he has an abdominal uh, groin injury. So, uh, so he's out for a while. This is the same guy. This guy's always getting hurt. He's at 100 miles per hour when he wrestles, so he's constantly going to get hurt. Uh, I think he needs to slow it down. I mean, fast, uh, high-octane wrestling moves could get you hurt. So he's hurt. So that's why they didn't show that. They didn't show the, the inj- uh, how he got injured or how he got attacked. They didn't do that. So in this match, uh, during the introduction, the Young Bucks come out with Carl Anderson, Lou Gallo, and, of course, Don Callis, the invisible hand. And as soon as Nick, Nick Jackson took off his whatever you want to call it, his hairdress, whatever, and gave it to Michael Nakazawa. Nakazawa got attacked by Frankie Gazarian, the elite hunter. That is his nick. That is his gimmick now. While Carl Anderson and Luke Gallup chased them down, uh, the Young Bucks turned their backs on Pac and Pentagon, and Pac and Pentagon started strong and attacked them right away. So during this match, though, the Young Bucks took control of the match after they put Brandon in front of uh, Pac, and next thing you know, Nick attacks uh, uh, Pack, and he falls down. And they just, from there, they started the offense uh, double teaming situation. And it wasn't until uh, in the middle of the match where it looked like Pac was about to do the the uh, the black arrow from the top rope where uh, Mr. Brandon Cutler got involved again. Got involved again. And kind of distracted Pac. The young books took control. But then out of nowhere, uh, during the match, uh, again, Color comes in to the match and hits Pac with the camera uh, while he was in the top rope. And that's how the young books won the match. And afterwards, the young books went and attacked uh, that triangle onto um, I keep calling Kofi Kingston. Eddie Kingston comes out to make the save. Now, this was very uh, strange, being that Eddie Kingston has a history with Penta and Pac for what happened over the winter, or I believe it was last year, when he was part of the family, where he was trying to create a wedge between Penta and Ray Phoenix. Now, Kingston is involved in this uh, little feud now. So, We'll see what happens with that. Mark Henry was introduced by Tony Schiavone as one of the color analysts that they're going to have for the summer. Where uh, I, think, I believe it's August 22nd. They're going to have a Friday show called Rampage. And again, I don't know how that's going to do. I think it's going to be 8 o'clock. That's going to be day SmackDown, I guess. And they're going to be competing with SmackDown. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. That's a smart move. I don't know what AEW is doing there unless they, they're going to be showing... Um, other wrestlers uh, from from um, Elevation and Dark in there, I do not know. But Mark Henry made a pro, uh, did a promo where he claimed AEW. Is, he said he's not there to fix AEW because AEW is not broken. So he did come out and said that he would like to wrestle, but in due time. And out of nowhere, Vicky Guerrero comes out, interrupts the promo. She kicks out Tony Schiavone and Mark Henry, and out of nowhere. Andrade's Cien Armas, El Idolo, is introduced by Vicky. It wasn't received very well because Vicky kept screaming like a, a lunatic. And 
she was not the one to be introduced in this match. This was a bad, bad move by AEW. When I saw this, I was like, okay, the show started good, and here they go. They dropped the ball by having Vicky Guerrero introducing a wrestler of the caliber of Andrade's who people were in shock. People were like, they didn't, they didn't get it because, again, Vicky Guerrero was screaming, was, you know, well, cringe-like screaming. Uh, I'm like, okay, now you're getting crazy. And when she introduced them, people didn't get, they were like, what? What? And then when they came out, that's what we're like, oh my God, what? You know? And this was kind of surprising to me because I did not expect uh, Andrade's to go to AEW right away. I, thought, I mean, and then again, this is a guy that I didn't even know. This is something I found out during the, uh, the introduction of Andrade's, and thanks to Excalibur. That Andrade was a former IWGP Intercontinental Champion when he was La Soma. So, uh, in Japan. So, this guy's been all over the world. This is a great pickup by AEW. Now they need to pick up Alistair Black, and then they will be done. That, that, if they get Alistair Black after his 90 days is up, it will be great. But we'll see what happens with that. I think the Vicky Guerrero coming out, introducing this man, was not a good move. At all. The next match was Lee Johnson and Cody versus Okogo and QT Marshall. This, I was not interested in this move. Uh, this view is not interesting me at all. At all. Cody Rose has put himself now in the mid-card level, helping young talent to move up, which is not a bad thing. But Cody right now, I don't know what is he doing. He's taking pinfalls. From guys like QT Marshall, I mean, this match, you know, it, it wasn't nothing that, like I said, it didn't really interest me. Okogo actually hit a belly-to-belly -belly suplex, something I didn't see him do on Sunday when he wrestled Cody. He did did a couple of moves. He did a nice little frog splash, but a belly-to-belly -belly suplex that caught me off guard. I was very surprised that he did that. Okogo caught Cody with a frog splash when he had QT Marshall. On the figure four leg lock, which it was a crazy move. So Gogo is getting there. He's showing what he really has. But I think when they built the match between him and Cody, they could have built it better than what they built it. So that's why Sunday's match against Gogo didn't look that interesting because they didn't build around it. They didn't build this guy like he could, the boxer turned professional wrestler. He could do a lot of moves that a lot of, you know, boxers turned wrestler can't do. I mean, that's not a lot of guys that do this. Like, Baron Corbin is one guy that he was a boxer, but this guy he has good wrestling. The only thing is he's just a big mouth. He's a he's a you know he's an ass kisser for the company, and you know and he gets pushed to a certain level when he shouldn't be pushed. When there's other wrestlers with more deserving, but we're not gonna be talking about that. But like I said, Ogogo hit caught uh, Cody with a frog splash when he had a QT uh, in the figure four. Aaron Solo ended up interfering in the match. And while, you know, uh, the, the the referee was uh, distracted, Ogogo punched Cody right in the face when Cody was ready to put the uh, what is that, his finishing move, crossroads, and he KO'd him, and QT went and pinned him. Afterwards, QT was just got on the mic, pretty much uh, lambasted uh, Tony Schiavone, saying that he never, he never, uh, I got to have faith for him, you know. Crap, 
So basically, they're pushing Gogo and QT Marshall, and I guess Cody is taking the, uh, what we say, the bullet for the company just to, so these guys can be pushed up to another level. So, anyway, Inner Circle does the victory lap. Uh, they got together. They uh, pretty much were celebrating the victory um, from Double or Nothing. Pretty much, it looks like this uh, Inner Circle Pinnacle uh, feud is not over. Uh, Private Power Challenge FTR. Pretty much, Santana got on the mic and said that FTR uh, tried to take food out of the table and food out of the mouth of their family. So that looks like we're going to have FTR versus uh, the former LAX, which is going to be a great, great match. I can see it happening. They're probably going to take take over matches by Stew Shows. Who, know, who the hell knows? It could probably be. It could happen at All Out. That should be a great match. Hager challenged Warlow in an MMA fight in two weeks. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see where Warlow, if he's, if he's uh, has any background in MMA. So that's going to be interesting. And, of course, Jericho tells MJF it's not over. So that looks like the pinnacle inner circle feud now is not going to be in groups. It's going to be individuals. So that's going to be something to look forward to. Orange Cassidy, along with his best friends, pretty much talked about the Omega and Cassidy and Pac match from Sunday. They pretty much talked about how Omega had to cheat to beat Cassidy. Cassidy had almost had him. And pretty much Orange Cassidy says it's not over with Omega. So while Omega thinks he's over with Orange Cassidy, he has other problems as he will be facing Jungle Boy on June 26th for the AEW World title, which is going to be very... Today's episode of the Chokesland Wrestling Report is brought to you by Pago. Pago is the easiest way for you to, to monetize your podcast. Providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Paco. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add our podcast, The Chokeslam Wrestling Report, in the How Do You Hear About Paco section of the application. That's Paco.co. And we're back. So we're continuing reviewing. This um, this review of AEW Dynamite from Friday's show. The next match was Private Party versus Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. Uh, one thing I gotta say to myself is, uh, as far as Private Party is concerned, this uh, thing that they got Private Party hooked up with Matt Hardy as part of the Matt Hardy family office. Uh, I don't think it's working out for them. Uh, it's not working out for them. They look like they are uh, pretty much jobbing out to some of these tag teams. They go into the ring with non-wrestling gears, like club look. It's just, and I understand it's called Private Party, but this this is not doing nothing for them. Uh, Private Party controlling the match between uh, Christian and Jungle Boy, you know, um, and 
they were working. I mean, at the beginning, you saw Jungle Boy doing his thing and pretty much, you know, taking over with Mamash, the tag in Christian. Christian was taking over. But then, you know, Private Party controlled the match when Matt Hardy, of course, interfered in the match, distracting Christian. Uh, and then Jungle Boy hitting Private Party when he got tagged in with hard offense. Matt Hardy again interfering. Uh, Jungle Boy dropped Quinn on his head at one point when I don't know what he was doing, Jungle Boy, but they tried to do the uh, private party was trying to do the gin and juice. And when Matt, Matt, uh, Mark Quinn went up to uh, to do the move, he got caught by um, Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy looked like he was going to powerbomb him, but then Mark Quinn dropped back, so he looked like he was going to do a, a, a a Styles clash from the second rope, but he dropped him head forehead first, and then Jungle Boy went and put the uh, snare trap on him, and he passed out. Uh, so it was kind of crazy looking at this match because it was like these guys sometimes they do moves and they don't time it well. Um, and I mean, first of all, you're wrestling with uh, street clothes. And I believe that's the problem. When you, okay, you got a gimmick and you know it's private party, but you're coming in with uh, slacks and party shirts. And I mean, when I saw him drop on the floor, I said, oh my God, broke his neck. And luckily he was all right. But after the match, Matt Hardy went and attacked Christian, hitting him with a twist of fate in the stage area. So it looks like Matt Hardy and Christian will be feuding in the near future. So, uh, I was like looking at, uh, at this match after the match to see if Christian attacked Jungle Boy, but that wasn't the case. Uh, Matt Hardy attacked Christian, so it looks like we're going to have some old school beef that they have. Team Taz had a promo, and Case and Hook look like they got beef. And this is all because of what happened at Double Nothing, where Brian Cage did not use the FTW belt on uh, Adam Page when Ricky Starks threw it in the ring. and uh, Cage pretty much kicked the belt right back at Ricky Stark, and, and, and you know Cage ended up losing the match. So it looked like Hook, as son, and Brian Cage have an issue, and that's going to be very interesting because it looked like I'm sure that if Brian Cage attacks Hook, this is not going to be looking good for Brian Cage. They're going to attack Brian Cage, and, and you know and you got Hobbs, you got Starks, and you got Hook. Too many guys. They're probably going to lay him out. This is going to come in a couple of weeks. We should be seeing that. I'm, I'm sure. I think they're teaming up next week. Uh, but I think it's Starks. Uh, somebody. Starks and Cage are teaming up. And I think they're going to go against one of the members of Dark Blood. I think it's 10 and Adam Page, if I'm correct. So, Sting and Darby had a promo. And this promo wasn't much. Sting thanking the fans for his for their support in his match. In uh, double or nothing, this was like uh, redemption for Sting. You know, he was able to wrestle a match, uh, get the win. You know, uh, for the team, and that was his. Uh, he could now he could retire if he wants to. And now, but Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page are not through with our reality. So it looked like they came out, interrupted the uh, the promo between Darby Allen and Sting, and they pretty much telling Darby. If it wasn't for Sting, you would have never won. So they're saying, I challenge you to find somebody that, that is not Sting to face me and Ethan Page in a tag team match. Now, who's going to step up to wrestle these guys? Uh, we don't know. 
So this is going to be very, very uh, interesting in the coming weeks. Um, next week, Robert Darby is going to pick to go against Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, that tag team was very good. Uh, I guess they're not using them uh, probably for to be actually an uh, actual team. They're just using them in the storyline with Darby. So we'll see what happens with that. The Brick Breaker Championship celebration, that was, to me, was a waste of time. Uh, only for them to judge now, they're promoting a match now between Nyla Rose and Britt Baker. Of course, Britt Baker is the AEW Women's Champion. The belt looks good on I got to give her that. I remember me uh, two years ago being in this podcast and pretty much just asking why is Britt Baker even in, in, the, in the roster. She's not improving, but this woman has made a turnaround the last two years. And that belt looked good on her. I guess because, I mean, the belt, they made it a little bigger. It looks nicer. So, you know, um, of course, the Nyla Rose is now the next one probably in line to go with um, be the next challenger. But it's going to be interesting because she, Nyla Rose has Vicky Guerrero. And then Britt Baker has Reba, or a.k.a. Rebel, in the corner. So that's going to be very, very interesting. Pocket Penta tells Kingston to not to stick his nose in their business. Again, it looks like there's going to be some type of reunion between Penta and Kingston. So, uh, of course, they're going to team up next week, uh, all three of them, against the Young Bucks and Brandon Culler. So, Brandon Culler is going to be the one who's going to get his ass kicked. We all know that. But who knows? We'll see what happens. Bunny versus Red Velvet. Uh, this match uh, was decent. It was nothing to... You know, to cheer and go crazy about it. The only part is that Velvet, during the beginning of the match, nearly killed herself doing a two-page suicida. I thought she was going to have the same situation that uh, uh, Amy Duar, whatever her name, I forgot her name, when she was in WWE, broke her neck doing almost the same something like that. You know, I think this AEW roster, they're talented and everything, but they got to slow it down. Yeah, they, They're doing too much. These flips, these dives, they got to stop doing it. Someone is going to get hurt and going to get paralyzed. It's not needed. It's not needed. What Velvet Sky, um, Velvet Sky, Red Velvet did was crazy because I thought she hurt herself. She didn't hurt herself. Luckily that the uh, padding uh, was there, number one. Two, the the railing kind of broke her fall from going any further back. So, I don't understand it. These guys, you see what happened to Ricky Stark. Ricky Stark was up on his neck by Adam Page, and he rolled over and got up only to have his neck examined, and he had a cracked cracked neck, and now he's out for three months. So I I, I don't understand it. Some of these girls need to shut. I know there's the fans out there. You want to impress the fans. There's no need for it. There's no need for it. But at the end of the day, um, uh, Red Velvet, you know, uh, Bunny dominated most of the match, and Velvet made her comeback. Bunny tried to use some brass knucks on Velvet. I don't know why, but Velvet hit her with a roundhouse spinning kick and pinned her. So that was the end of that match. Evo Uno is the Dark Orders. Evo Uno will meet Miro, I believe, is next week for the TNT World Title. And Miro pretty much said, "I understand this is all about emotion, being that." Evo Uno was part as part of the Dark Order, and Brody Lee was well, the 
the uh, what, it, what it called the exalted one from the Dark Order. So he mentioned the most in part, but he said it'd be stupid for Evil Uno to challenge him because he's he's gonna destroy him. So Meryl right now he's on a rampage, and um, after defeating Lance Archer by you know quite pretty pretty much making Archer black out. So I don't know what's gonna happen with Archer, but that that you know Meryl right now is the hottest thing. So don't be surprised if Lana ends up showing up at AEW. The main event of the match was Dustin Rowe versus Nick Camarado in a bull roll match. I really didn't care, to be honest. I saw this coming a long time ago. Camarado and Dustin just started going at it. Camarado choked Dustin, but Dustin then used the cowbell, busted uh, Camarado open. Foil the sore guy involved uh, in the match. And I believe it was because, um, you know, he saw his, uh, you know, his friend Dustin Rose hurt. He got involved only to get flung by Camarado on, on top of everybody else. The uh, Camarado was cut, and he was in control of the match until Dustin Hamlin with the finishing, his finishing move, and Camarado got up on a one count, and then Dustin went up and hit him with a, a bulldog and like, on the cowboy, and then he hawk-tied him, and Camarado wins the match. Overall, this AEW Dynamite uh, fall, fallout from the... Uh, well, all um, double or nothing was not that great. They've done better shows than this. Um, I think the only thing we could get out of this and, and pretty much pull out the stories that are about to begin, who is Andrade's going to face? And was it a good idea to have Vicky Guerrero introduce him? He just messed that up bad. They dropped the ball on that. What's going to happen now that Kingston may be joining the Death Triangle to start feuding with the Young Bucks? And the elite, um, uh, we're gonna have probably a, a, another, you know, bloods and guts down the line, where you're probably gonna have Kingston's and the Death Triangle against the whole elite squad. That could happen, but we don't we don't know when when this, that's gonna happen. But right now, it looks like Eddie Kingston is the lone lone wolf right now, and he's trying to join Death Triangle to you know to make something happen. Uh, the Brian K situation is getting very interesting. I see him not being part of Team Taz from the time from now to all all in, all out actually. Uh, and you know, Cody Rhodes and this feud with the uh, with the factory is not really catching my eye. I really don't put any investment in that because it's not going nowhere right now. I mean, you're pushing Okogo and you're pushing QT Marshall. Uh, to probably mid-card status, but I don't know. Uh, I think this, uh, you know, this show was not that great. Um, and now they have Kenny Omega also talking about he's uh, is part of the AEW is, is part of a conspiracy. They're going to show some video. Uh, what the hell? Anyway, so, you know, that's that's my take on this show. So we'll be right back after this. Hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Jada Red Sante, host of Turnbuckle Tabloid, and you're listening to the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. And we are back, and we're going to go to talk about a subject that was the big 
news of the week, and that was Black Wednesday, and as were all the uh, six talent that was let go by WWE, including Alistair Black and Braun Strowman. And including in there was Lana, Ruby Riot, Buddy Murphy. They were let go. Uh, who was the other person that got let go? Oh, my God. I forgot. But some of these people were let go. And the sad part about it is that Alistair Black was one guy that they could have used and put a rocket booster to the moon. And they chose not to. And we already know the story. What Vince McMahon didn't like about him. The the hierarchy didn't like uh, um, Alistair Black. They thought he was really a tough guy. So they didn't like his whole appearance. Well, my question is, they still have all these wrestlers. And now, before I say this, I'm not saying that people should get fired. But some of some wrestlers they have there that I feel they are taking space from other wrestlers or opportunity that other wrestlers should have. I could run down Nia Jax. Nia Jax, and I know a lot of people uh, could you know, pretty much agree with me, but Nia Jax is one chick that the only reason that she looks good in there is because of her size. She doesn't protect her opponents. She never did. And the fact she is the cousin of The Rock and there's, you know, Samoan legacy dynasty, and I've been saying this for almost two years, there's Samoan, um, I believe, like mafia type shit where these Samoan wrestlers get better preference than other wrestlers, especially if you are in that bloodline with The Rock, the Samoans, uh, uh, you know, you're going to get protected. Okay. I'll give you one example of the, as a matter of fact, the women's tag team, uh, Tamina and Natalia. Natalia has had better success, if anything, from um, because, you know, she has won the, the Divas title. I believe she won the, 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 the uh, I think she won the women's SmackDown Raw title, but she, won, she has won title. Tamina was there for almost 11 years, 10 years, the daughter of Superfly Snooker. For, for some untold reason, uh, uh, well, not untold, maybe because of what her father did, WWE never gave her a chance to win a belt until now. And the only reason Tamina may not get let go is because she's a champion. Nia Jax, in other words, has been hurting everybody. That has pulled, she pulled Lana God knows how many times on the table. And hurt, uh, I forgot her name, that she left the Japanese, uh, the Japanese female that left to Japan, who's now an ambassador for WWE. She cracked her head open, or busted her open, by a way of wrestling. Same thing could be said by Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke is another one. The only reason I think she hasn't gotten fired because she's blonde. Because she has no wrestling skills at all. But she's still there. Okay, same thing with Mandy. Mandy, I mean, anybody would say, oh, Mandy is a good wrestler. She's not. Same thing could be said with Carmella. How come she hasn't been gone? You know what I'm saying? So they got rid of people that they did not know what to do with them. Andrade just showed up at AEW this past Friday. Okay, Alistair Black, he got a 90-day clause. And I think that got me kind of a little, little bit 
disappointed as far as Alistair Black is concerned is that he was thinking that WWE for, for giving him an opportunity. Opportunity for what? I mean, I understand your wife is still there. Well, I don't know why your wife went back to WWE. But they, what they did pretty much is I think they, they play you. How is it that your wife comes back, Selena Vega or Deanna Trinidad, goes back to WWE and you get let go? You think that WWE is not going to get you, Selena, for what you did last November? Oh, they're going to get you back because that's how pity WWE is, you know? And the fact that the word going around is that they may, that they may sell the company, that's another thing that, you know, is, is still up in the air. But these people, they got let go, you know, it's horrible. Ruby Riot, the girl, I mean, and, and no matter how much I try not to invest in her, she always showed me her work in the ring. She never got pushed the way she was supposed to be pushed. Her and Liv Morgan was a nice little tag team that should have put the belts on her. But no, they want to put the belts on Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, a tag team that was a made-up tag team. Okay, now you have Shayna Baszler losing to some clown who's, I don't even know his name, I don't care for him, is a clown who's, you know, giving flowers to Nia Jax. It, it, this is what I'm telling you, like, they don't care. And it, the thing that gets drives me nuts is, how is it that people act like they don't see there's nothing wrong with WWE, okay? And then you go and you... Put your hard-earned money to go to these wrestling shows to buy their product, to buy their pay-per-view. I already said it. I'm not spending not a dime on WWE. And what's funny is, and I'm going to say it, I know this is not going to be a popular comment I'm going to make, but the majority of podcasters live and die with WWE. Okay? Because they don't want to leave the little, you know, comfort zone, don't want to go to another promotion and, 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 and do your research and get to watch some of those wrestling matches like a Ring of Honor or MLW or Impact or something. Just, just to look at it, not just to have current WWE. So they don't do that. So instead of them covering the product that's going on now, they have these watch, you know, let's watch this Match from 2018, um, and whatnot. I watch together stuff on their podcast. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that, and I don't care how many listeners I lose by saying this, but I am not gonna do that. I'm gonna cover pro wrestling. That includes WWE if I have to, which most of the time, every time I open my mouth with WWE, it's always negative because that's all they fucking have. Negative. Everything is negative. There's nothing positive to talk about WWE. Nothing. And don't give me this shit with Roman Reigns because that's the only shit that's keeping WWE afloat. It's the Roman Reigns storyline. Without the Roman Reigns storyline, they will be done. They will be done. And anybody can tell me otherwise. Don't come and tell me, oh, the Bobby Lashley, because Bobby Lashley, he was the flavor of the month. Now they're trying to take the ball away from him to put it back to Drew McIntyre. And then word is going around that Brock Lesnar may be coming back. I mean, they're going back to the well. They're going right straight back to the well. 
which is ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? And anybody could tell me otherwise. They could tell me otherwise because at the end of the day, you think about it, these guys don't care about their fan base. They don't. They don't care about their fan base. You know what I'm saying? Right now, SummerSlam is to take place at the Allegiant, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. And the theme song, or the theme music, is Cardi B's Up. Now, I love how they're getting rid of all these wrestlers and they, uh, you know, um, don't care about their talent. But there's a guy named Bow Wow who's being trained by Rikishi. And he's going to be the guy who's going to go, so they're going to the ring, and they're going to push him to the moon because today's society, uh, or today's trend with the hip-hop business, oh, shoot, Bow Wow is wrestling. And WWE thinks they're going to get a fan base. Okay? It's funny they're not talking about the network. Funny how they're not mentioning how many subscribers they're getting in the network. Hmm. Are they trying to brush that under the rug so nobody knows how many people have left the network? Let's talk about that. You ain't going to get it. You know why? Because they sold it to NBC Universal. And NBC is not going to give you that unless you ask. Okay? And those who decided, oh, I got Peacock. I'm still registered because it's part of my, you know, subscription cable, whatever. Well, enjoy it. Because let me tell you something. All those matches, those ECW uh, hardcore matches, they're all going to get edited. And you will not have, you only have, you will have half of history, not all of history. And I thank God to God, I thank God that I, I, I consider myself the network because I have every damn pay-per-view in the wrestling business today, including WWE, New Japan, Collision in Korea, uh, AAA, Puerto Rico. I have all those in DVDs. Every damn match you can possibly imagine from the 70s to the 80s. I have Andre the Giant against uh, Hulk Hogan and Shea Stadium 1980. I have all that shit. Okay, and this is why I would not, I don't care about subscribing to the WWE. Whether they have all the WCW stuff, I have all that. I got all the Monday night, Monday night nitros, I got all that. I have all that. But WWE right now is not talking about their network anymore, huh? It's just funny that they they do stuff to keep your mind off of what they're doing. And, and, and you know, all they're doing is getting rid of Bob. They told Alistair Black, oh, we're we doing budget cuts. Budget cuts for what? You just, That guy's made more money last year than you made your whole entire company. Somebody explain that one to me, please. See? And, and people are still like, oh, but you gave it a chance. Listen, I gave it a chance. It's been three years since that January 2018 when they said we're going to have fresh matches, fresh matchups. They haven't done shit. Rinse and repeat every Monday night, okay, same matches. It's like watching reruns every week. No one cares. And then when you talk about this, the WWE Universe, those who still follow because they don't want to get out of that bubble, okay, because that's what it is. They don't want to get out of the bubble. They don't care about going to watching other promotions. They, they're getting on the, all these Facebook groups that that's an AEW or Impact or whatever just to, to trash the product of another wrestling company is because they don't have, they're just miserable. 
because they know that if they waiting for shit to change, nothing is going to change. Because McMahon does not view WWE a pro wrestling company. He views it as sports entertainment. And if you, as a consumer, and you as a wrestling fan, you even support this garbage, then you're the problem. And this is why he does what he does. Okay? There's no other there's no other reason for it. There is no other reason for them to do that. So they're gonna have SummerSlam coming up uh, in August and they're doing it in Las Vegas. And don't be surprised, Brock Lesnar shows up at or it's one of the guys who's gonna be in the uh SummerSlam. And some of the WWE talent has been vocal about the news that WWE wants to do a two-night WrestleMania again. Newsflash, people. The only reason WWE is doing these two-night events, why? Because they copied from New Japan Pro Wrestling. You don't believe me? Let me take you to a little history lesson because some of you are probably going to go into my, either my Twitter or to my you know, Facebook page and say, talk your nonsense stupidity. Okay, New Japan Pro Wrestling was the first uh, promotion to have the uh, the big, big event of a promotion, which is Wrestle Kingdom. Okay, the first ones to do a two-night event last year, 2020. Wrestle Kingdom 5th, everything was 14. They did a two-night event at the Tokyo Dome. They sold out both events. Okay, and then two months later, the pandemic hit. They did it again. This year, a two-night event. Okay, WWE went and tried to do the same shit last year. But here's the difference when they tried to do it last year. Last year, they tried to do it in the middle of a pandemic. And the WrestleMania two-night event was fucking horrible. I don't care what anybody said. None of the matches they had was not the WrestleMania worthy. Okay, The Boneyard match was a cinematic match. Okay. And the Randy Orton and Edge match that lasted 36 minutes, then wrestling all over the performance center was not all that. Okay. Was not all that. Okay. It was long. It was nobody was doing nothing. It was just two guys throwing each other in a hardware store and fighting with everything they had. Okay. Uh, I would put it there with the Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens match that happened. I believe was I think it was backlash. I don't remember. It was one of those matches that they had, which it was in the Thunderdome's um, Tropicana field, and that match was pretty. I think that one was better than that Edge and Randy Orton match. Okay, so they got they got the idea from New Japan for wrestling because they don't come up with these concepts. Hell no, they don't come up with these kind. What they did, they used to, they used to do the last two years. They had WrestleMania eight hours. Long. In case you guys didn't forget the new uh, when they did it in New York at Giant Stadium, eight hours long. Who in the world is going to be in a WrestleMania event eight hours long? And then to top it off, for those people to get out of the area of the arena, they had a lot of transit problems because first of all, it was there was a, a thunderstorm that night. People weren't it wasn't able to get out of the uh, stadium. Because they finished late. It was 1 o'clock. New Jersey Transit wasn't running. It was chaotic. Same thing with people who were trying to get Uber in the New York area. They couldn't get it. Because, you know, if you wanted to pick up an Uber, you cannot leave the stadium or the area. Because they were not going to pick you up. So that's the reason that 
WWE last year tried to do t- the the two hour. They did it this year, which was a little bit more decent, but they got that for New Japan. Because WWE can't come up with nothing creative. If they would come up with something creative, their show would be better than what it is every Monday and Friday. And again, the only reason that WWE is doing very well on SmackDown is because of the um because of the Roman Reigns storyline. The again, some of the talents has been vocal, but the only reason it's vocal is because they probably get a chance to come out on a WrestleMania, whether it's two minutes, three minutes. I guess that's what they're all talking about. But by the time WrestleMania rolls out next year, they might not have anybody. As, as the way they've been doing it the last month, firing everybody, they might not have anybody. So who knows? And as I mentioned earlier, Ray Phoenix is dealing with a growing injury. Again, I uh, told you that he hurt himself back in April. That's not news right now, but I, I did have, I did put it in my notes. Uh, Chris Jericho no longer under contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Jericho commented that today, or well, actually this week, and he said that he's he's been out of contract with New Japan since January 2020 last year. So, I mean, I find it kind of weird because that was his last match he had with Tanahashi when he was the AEW World Champion. So he says he still wants to wrestle in New Japan. Now that the old the forbidden door is open, so now he could go anytime without being in a contract. And talking about New Japan, tomorrow is uh, Dominion, which will be, it usually it happens today, which is today, January 6th, I mean, June 6th. But they're doing it tomorrow, or when you wake, guys wake up tomorrow morning, we'll have a new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion as Okada will go against Shingo Takagi, and the winner of that becomes the uh, IWGP World Champion, uh, Okada. Uh, a lot of people are saying that most likely he will win the match because, you know, uh, he's the face of the company. But he just came out of COVID not long ago, so they don't know how long health-wise it is. Shingo Takaji, he's been in the pro wrestling business for 18 years. I mean, he has had some great matches. He he wrestled uh, the, uh, the finals of Best Super Junior against Will Ospreay. The same thing with the New Japan. Will Os- he lost on Will Ospreay again. Uh, he just wrestled Will Ospreay uh, May 3rd when Ospreay got hurt. So Takaji, again, the fourth time, another fourth, uh, another situation where he'll probably, hopefully he'll win the title. I mean, I'm I'm cheering for him because Okada has had five title rings as the IWGP champion, but now he's never, if he wins, it'll be the, his first IWGP world champion, which I don't know what's difficult, the IWGP belt, Back then, was considered the world title, the biggest title, and it is the most prestige um, title in the industry. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, "Well, WWE's been around for." Doesn't matter. The IWGB belt is the most prestige and you know belt with, with that far as they treat it with respect. WWE title, they, WWE doesn't even treat their titles with respect. None of them, including the Intercontinental belt, who has been around since 1979. The WWE belt has been around since 1952, I think it is. But they just they they had just uh, those titles has lost their, their their lackluster prestige because that's what WWE does. When you have like when it comes to a belt, I always felt the belt should stay with somebody for six months to a year, or maybe two years, depending. 
the AEW, you know, they had Sheeta held the belt for a year, which it was cool. Same thing with Moxley. Moxley had it for about 10 months. But see, the belt has its prestige when someone is holding it on a consistent basis. When you have a belt going, jumping from hand to hand to hand to hand, like John Cena is 16 times world champion, it's not because he's a great wrestler. Let me tell you that one. It's not because he's a great wrestler. Yeah, his wrestling skill sucks. I'm sorry. Okay. Does he have charisma? Does he have, was he good in the mic? Yeah. Well, the reason they gave him the belt those 16 times is because the belt around, the, the way they moved the belts back then, it was anybody could win the belt. What was the, the, the heel of the month? They gave the belt to that person. What was the fan favorite of the month? He was. Cena won it, not because of his wrestling skill, it's because the promotion was pushing him as the face of the company. Cena should never be a 16 time champion and should never be the guy who breaks through Flair's title. Put it out. But then again, you know, Flair has kissed ass and say John Cena should be the one to break his, his record. Why? You know, why should, you know, wasn't you the guy who held the belt 16 times and was a guy who, you know, was all about it to beat a man, you have to beat the man. Not to beat a man, you got to get, uh, you know, beat champion 16 times uh, every other month. I mean, it's ridiculous. The title reigns in WWE is ridiculous. Charlotte is 14 times world champion. When? The last time I stopped counting nines. How she's 14? She wants the belt five more times? That's how much I lost count on that. So it's, it's ridiculous. So. That is it for me, guys. Uh, today with the Chokesland Wrestling Report podcast, I know I probably uh, uh, talk too much, but uh, I just want to give thanks to everybody who keeps supporting the podcast. Again, guys, uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you want to get the shirt and the hat, uh, you go to tcwr.veryimpressive.com. That's tcwr.veryimpressive.com. Um, that's for you there. You register to that website to join uh, my website. You will get your hands on the uh, the YouTube channel and on my audio podcast. Once you go in, you'll see that you'll see the YouTube channel with the video of the week, and then right under it, you'll see the logo of the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. If you click that, it will take you directly to all my audio podcast archives and all the shows that I've done. And go down, you'll see the t-shirts and the hat for the, you know, for the for the podcast. Also, if you want to just find me through the podcast, I'm available on Apple, uh, Apple, uh, Spotify, uh, what else? Amazon, iHeartRadio, Pandora, any audio, major audio podcast platform, you can find me there and get to it. So also I'm in the YouTube channel. Like I said, the Chokesland Wrestling Report. If you want to subscribe to the channel, you can subscribe to the channel, hit that thumbs up, hit that notification bell for every new upload. Share this with your friends, guys. Uh, share this with everybody. I want to give thanks to all the international countries that are able to listen to me. I mean, I've been, I mean, I got Russia, Australia, Canada, United Kingdom, Japan, Taiwan, um, uh, Ghana, India, Pakistan. I, I mean, I'm reaching out to a lot of places. So, guys, share, 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 share the podcast with your friends, share with, with your, you know, with your family, uh, and let everybody know about the Chokesland Wrestling Report. Like I said, 
when I do those this shows, I'm going to give you facts. I'm going to keep it real. I'm not going to sugarcoat any promotion. If they're not doing well, I'm just going to speak up because that's why my job is here. You know, real. And whoever doesn't like it, hey, you don't have to like it. You can agree to disagree. And if you don't like what I'm saying, you don't like my podcast, there's other podcasters out there that you could probably, you know, listen to and you who's going to, you know, sugarcoat anything, whatever, because I'm going to keep it real. I don't, like I said, I, I, I'm one that I'm not going to sugarcoat anything just because I'm worried about amusing listeners. You know, like I said, I will keep it real. So, so that, guys, um, I will definitely see you Thursday again. There is no AEW Dynamite this Wednesday. They'll be on on Friday. So, again, my review will be next Sunday. Uh, but I will be uh, checking out what's going on in the wrestling world during the week from here to Thursday. And if anything breaks uh, that is major, I will do an audio on my YouTube channel. But for now, as you've seen again, Andrade made his AEW uh, debut, which was very shocking to see. Uh, AEW dropped the ball. Well, I don't know about that, but Andrade is in AEW. He will face Omega in Triple Mania in August for the Triple A Mega Champion. That will be interesting. So until then, guys, uh, stay six feet apart. I mean, we're almost there. I think well, everybody who's vaccinated already, you know, you know what to do. So just be careful. Take care of yourself. And God bless and have a great day.